Hi, meteorologist Don Paul here on my new podcast, Don Paul's Bits of Blather, about weather, climate, and science. Today's episode six is about weather, and it's about an October surprise that has not to do with politics. This has to do with Buffalo's biggest weather surprise in my time here, which goes back to 1984, and in most people's time here, well before uh, this event, which left the region scarred, still some scars around. Most of you, even if you're listening to this in Spokane, Washington, have at least heard of lake effect snow. And the lake effect snow occurs every winter in the Great Lakes, generally downwind of the lakes. And Buffalo is the largest of the Great Lakes cities on the more frequent receiving end of lake effect snow, being at the northeast end of Lake Erie. So if winds come up from the southwest on the compass from about 250 degrees, maybe 245, that can pick up a lot of moisture from the still warm lakes. And if the atmosphere a mile up is much colder than the lake temperature, that moisture rises very quickly. It's convection and in fact can develop real thunder snow. And on October 12th, the greatest and worst snowfall in Buffalo history occurred. The magnitude of it was not well forecast by me, not by anyone else either, but I can't hang my bad forecast on other people. It only gives me small comfort knowing I wasn't the only one who blew this. Now, a week in advance of this event, we began seeing in the uh, lower resolution models that go out farther in time, that uh, further in time, that there was the potential for some lake effect snow in western New York in about a week. And as each day progressed, uh, that likelihood continued to increase. But even three days in advance, uh, it still looked like the best chance for accumulations would be at higher elevations. And we were seeing signs the winds were going to be steered more toward the lower elevations. What are they? Well, that's Buffalo and the densely populated northern suburbs, the most densely populated part of the eight counties of western New York. And two days in advance, one of the high resolution models began showing temperatures of the air a mile up would be extraordinarily cold. So cold, in fact, that uh, I had never seen numbers that low for so early in the month of October. Now, accumulating snow in Buffalo in the lower elevations is rare even later in the month. It does happen, but no whoppers. But earlier in the month, uh, it's virtually unheard of. There had been a storm in areas south and east of Buffalo in 1906 and again in 1930. But again, even at that point, the elevations begin to rise. From Buffalo northward, nothing really showing up in the data. So I took a look at those temperatures at a mile up and said, too cold, too cold. I'm going with climatology. I think the model's overdoing it. By the night before the event, uh, the models that were predicting the really cold temperatures were still predicting them. I still had a certain amount of disbelief. And so I'd forecast the night before perhaps as much as two to four inches in the city of Buffalo of slushy snow, uh, thinking that with the lake at 61, downtown Buffalo is right by Lake Erie. The lake's giving off heat. There's going to be a whole lot of melting going on. That's what I was thinking. And maybe three to five inches well inland. And that would be about it. But even that was going to produce a significant impact because I knew that the weight of the snow on the still fully foliated trees would have a real impact. 
And uh, you often hear a foot of snow comes from an inch of rain. Well, that's largely a myth. It all depends on the temperatures, uh, not only at the surface, but up to a mile in altitude. And if you have really midwinter cold uh, with a bitter Arctic air, air mass in place, you can get 20 to 30 inches of snow out of an inch of liquid. On the other hand, if you have marginal temperatures at the surface and near surface like we did then, you know, the ratio is not going to be one inch to 12 inches. It's going to be what it turned out to be, one inch to five or six inches of snow. And that snow is sodden, water-laden, and heavy. And its sheer weight, just a few inches of it, would wreak havoc on the foliated trees. Uh, virtually none of the leaves had come down. Lake Erie was at 61. In the morning of the 12th, uh, the temperature difference between the lake surface at 61 and the atmosphere about a mile up was 22 degrees. That's a lapse rate. And it's all, almost safe to say that's very rare, even in December, let alone October. And one could easily predict at that point, well, somewhere along the line, there's going to be some thunder snow, lightning. Uh, the convection in this lake effect band is going to be pretty impressive. And it was, but I had forecast the changeover where the cold air gets deep enough to make the rain turn to little grapple pellets, then soggy snowflakes to occur late in the afternoon. Well, it's the 12th. I'm at home in front of my PC, bringing in models. And the nearest window to me is to the rear of me. And I'm busy looking at stuff and not looking out the window. And came, came, comes 12.30, about three, four hours ahead of when I thought the changeover would begin. I turned around and I had a big red-leaved maple tree outside my window. And I said, oh, you fill in the profane noun of your choice. I know my noun had four words in it. The leaves already had a thick coating of slush on them which I had not even been watching. And I knew I was in big trouble. We were in big trouble and uh, rushed into the shower to get into the station early. And by late in the afternoon, when we were going on the air, there was enough slushy snow to begin breaking tree limbs and downing power lines. And this is when originally I was forecasting the changeover to occur. Well, the snow continued to come down, the lightning continued to flash and it came down maximum intensity. When you hear thunder and it's snowing, it's usually snowing about as hard as it can snow. Thunder snow, the convective process, leads to the heaviest rates of snowfall. And we were getting four, five inches an hour of heavy water-laden snow. And when all was said and done by early the next morning, 22.6 inches of snow had fallen at the airport, which is where Buffalo's records are kept an all-time October record, and the devastation was enormous. Tens of thousands of trees were destroyed. Uh, power was out all over the place in northern Erie County, and uh, some roofs had collapsed from the sheer weight of the slush. And uh, there were people, there were three people who died from carbon monoxide poisoning due to their generators not being properly vented. One person was killed by a falling tree limb and $160 million in damage is the estimate uh, for the total cost to the area. We still have scars from that storm. Uh, uh, trees have been replanted, but you can't replace that many lost trees. So in my long career, oh, 43, 44 years of broadcast television, 
meteorology. Uh, if that's not the worst forecast I ever gave, uh, it's got to be close. It's the worst I ever gave in Buffalo, and I've been here since 1984. And, uh, you know, it it's an anniversary that kind of gets celebrated every year. Um, it's something we're not going to experience this October. If you live in the metro area, if you're listening locally, it is going to turn much colder at the end of this week after a spring-like week. Uh, Monday through Thursday, temperatures in the 60s. We might touch 70 today, Monday in Buffalo. No, that's not going to break a record. But by the end of the week, a much colder pattern will set up for several days. And a couple of the models are suggesting a few wet snowflakes may fall at high elevations for a short period on Saturday morning. And no, if you're a Buffalonian, it is not a setup of the same magnitude we were seeing five days in advance of October 12, 2006. It's not. Um, but it will be getting seasonably cold around here for a few days, which will depress some people. Um, you probably, if you have a window air conditioner, you can probably take it out of the window if you live in the Northeast. And uh, so that's the memory I have to go through every year. Still gives me the creeps. All right. Thanks for listening. And again, please share the uh, podcast and I will talk to you probably tomorrow.